Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Songwriter Charlie Harding. One thing I love about making this show with you is challenging my expectations about Mm. music. Mm -hmm. Something that's happened again and again. You know, whether we're listening to Harry Styles or Olivia Rodrigo or Lil Nas X, often I find I come into an episode with some preconceived notion Mm -hmm. of an artist Mm -hmm. and leave with a completely different view of them. Yeah. So when I saw that Willow Smith had a new pop punk emo metal track with Travis (laughs) Barker, I have to be honest that my first reaction was, I think I probably rolled my eyes. (laughs) I think I probably exhaled. Right. And I was just like, okay, what, why, what is this? This is silly. I'm not going to like this. This is stupid. I haven't heard a note of it, but I think this isn't cool. Yeah. So let's challenge that assumption today. I want to dig into this track and I want to get to know this artist because I realize I have, I think, a lot of opinions about Willow Smith and I really don't know a thing about her. (laughs) Okay. Except obviously that she's the daughter of Jada and Will Smith. So let's listen, let's learn, and let's see if we might flip our expectations once more. Her new song is called Transparent Soul. When I listened to this, I think a lot of my preconceived notions went out the window. Hmm. I probably thought she was, this was like some some Smith family nepotism. <laughs> Maybe that she was like too young to know how to rock and roll. Sure. That she wasn't really a, a serious musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came, I clearly came with a lot of baggage to this track. And then it was all just washed away in the cathartic emo <laughs> and anthems of this of this chorus. I I really like this song. What about it is pulling you in? There's a certain kind of sneer that you need to bring to this <laughs> genre. When you're listening to this, you need to picture the singer looking so angry and dismissive and just using this music to like unload all of their angst under the world. Yeah, the way you're describing your whole face is squeezed trying to just show all of that like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think listening to it is in turn for me a form of catharsis after a really rough year. I'm like, I'm feeling that anxiety. I'm feeling that angst. And this song lets me just expiate all of that. Hmm. And then we have the drums. From... Travis Barker, which are like Blink-182 fame and a dozen other productions. They're like 
war drums. I mean, this guy <laughs> just hits the drum harder than I think pretty much anyone else with a pair of drumsticks. And from the very first strike of this song, it's just like in your face. It's yeah, it's like it's like a battle. The drums have all of that war cry. The guitar, though, is more subtle. Yeah, it, it, it's it's got the feeling. Totally. That's where the feeling is. Like you have the anger, mm. and you got the and you got that um, the sorrow. I love that. Yeah, the guitar is like by contrast, kind of mellow, kind of melodic. There's a lot of uh, play of extremes in this mm-hmm, song mm-hmm. that also comes to the fore when we get to the chorus. All of a sudden, that driving rhythm, chicka 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 chicka, chicka mm-hmm. kind of slows down to this kind of half tempo churn. It's a, it's, it's very dramatic. Let's take a listen. Part of what's cool about this recording is that. It doesn't sound like it was done in the fanciest Hollywood studio. Maybe it was, but her vocal is almost distorting the microphone capsule. Mm. It feels like very raw. It could have been a first take kind of feel. It has the lack of polish that you want for this genre. Totally. I, I agree. You know, it's when, when I get to that chorus, I, I, I can hear her sort of stretching out and like leaving it all on the floor and the whole like feel of the song changes Mm. and then at the end of the chorus we snap back in and it's like that anger that that (laughs) onks that rage is back to me this song is a very effective retrieval of a certain yeah pop punk emo sound you know it has shades of my chemical romance and paramore and these bands that you might think someone like willow smith who's 20 years old would just be like too young to be familiar with but when i listen i'm like no this is clearly someone who is a student and a fan of this music and is like dutifully and honestly incorporating those influences into those songs including getting you know, a drummer from that moment to actually play on the track. Like, this feels authentic to me. And when I step back, I realize that I think Willow Smith is exactly trying to challenge our expectations. Right, who's allowed to? Who's allowed to? Is a 20-year-old black woman who up till now is mainly known for, like, R&B music allowed to come out with a song like this? Mm -hmm. Like, that's really what... I think I was reacting to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she's done her job with this song. And that kind of provocation has made me want to get to know her a little better Mm -hmm. and her music. Mm -hmm. Because I realize, again, I don't know much about her. I don't either, no. In order to do so, we got to jump back about a decade ago to when she debuted her first song, which was... With my hair. This is the one thing I know. I love this track. Let's let's spin it. Ain't no 
It's a fun song. Oh, man, it still it still moves me. Like, and I think I forgot kind of how chaotic this song is. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a lot happening for sure. It actually has a very similar sort of uh, drumming angst to it. Yeah, I I would not have again pegged that as like one of her defining sounds, but yeah. I totally get that. There, yeah. This this song gives you that same feeling of like just letting it all out, letting yeah. it all hang on. There's the a lot of emotional through line between these two songs. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't really, I don't have much hair to whip. You could, you could really whip it's, it. It's you grown could, out. It's been a minute. Yeah. You could yeah. like do some damage with that, <laughs> with those, those gorgeous locks. Okay. Focus. Uh, Willow whip my hair. This song bangs. It was a, a hit, you know, this yep. was on the billboard charts <laughs> and do you know how old she was when it came out? I'm going to guess 11. Nine. What? She was nine years old. That blows my little mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also sets up that expectation of like, well, obviously you had some connections. And I think, which is one of the things that you're bringing to the table. Right. Like okay, not that, any nine-year-old gets to release a song and make it on the billboard. Like, yeah. Right. And I think that's a lot of pressure. I mean, there's very right. few artists to, to really break into the pop industry at that age. I yeah. mean, we've got, Immediately what comes to mind for me is like Stevie Wonder recording mm. Fingertips in, I think, 1963 huh. at the age of 12, wow. which was a number one pop hit. Right. And I think of Michael Jackson mm-hmm. with the Jackson 5 right. recording I Want You Back sometime in the 70s which also was the number one hit, and he was 11. Wow. It makes me think of, like, uh, the classical world, lots of childhood prodigies. You have, like, Yo-Yo Ma, right, who was uh, performing at a very young age. Yeah, and you have Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, who was, like, 12 when he wrote his first opera, I think. <laughs> and and there also, you think about, like, the, the 90s, the Star Search era of, like, you know, Beyonce was quite young, and, uh, you know, even the, the, the Mickey Mouse Club and what... You know, Britney and Christina were also quite young when they were getting into that. It probably took a minute before they then had their, their solo careers. But Right. Okay. So this is so this is a thing. I, I don't want to overstate it. It's not super unusual. But what I would I, I kind of went on this this deep dive because I was like, nine years old. Is Willow Smith the youngest artist to ever chart <laughs> with a billboard hit? I'm I, guessing no. I, I thought the answer was yes, but you're right. It's not. Yeah. There are a few examples yeah. of even younger performers. What did you find? Okay, one is, I don't know if this totally counts because it wasn't on the Billboard charts. This was on like the the Japanese equivalent of the Billboard charts, Ah, but I had to share it. It's an artist named Osamu, and it's the song Kuruneko no Tango, which means Black Cat Tango. Okay, so Osamu was six years old when he recorded that in 1969. Wow. But that wasn't on the billboard. So Willow's so far is still the youngest. Yeah. But I think I might have a few younger artists. One is the French singer named Jordi, who had a hit in 1902 with Deux Deux d'être bébé. I think you mean 1992. But uh, what does the French translate into? Which means it's hard to be a baby <laughs> at, the, at the tender age of four. These are in a totally different category, though. These are novelty songs. Okay, let me throw one more at you. What do you got? Probably the youngest person to ever be featured on a Billboard charting song is, it shouldn't even be a surprise, 
Blue Ivy Carter. I was, yeah, yeah. On Jay-Z's track, Glory, a sample of her when she was just a few hours old. I love it. It sounds kind of like Blue and Jay are in conversation because because Jay, of course, has his personal calling card, the huh. <laughs> right. and, and Blue Ivy has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so that's going to be hard to beat, you know, literally like a few hours old and you're on a chart, you know, Billboard charting a song. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Willow is in a different category. She's right. an artist, you know, and she is driving that song and it's mm-hmm. her voice you're listening to. And at nine years old, that's pretty extraordinary. And it creates a certain amount of pressure. Right. And Willow Smith was forced into this pop machine that she did not want to be a part of. Hmm. I mean, she even had like kind of a, a falling out with her parents. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, she didn't want to go on a world tour. She didn't want to be the whip my hair girl. In fact, she shaved her head huh. in protest. Oh, that's awesome. Which is probably amazing, you know. And I think you can see how she got from there to this transparent soul track. You know, this was like she had to find herself a little bit. I think she had to find her voice, find her artistry. Right. And I, I think one important step in that evolution was her track, Wait a Minute. Right, from 2015. And this was a song that didn't chart on the Billboard, but has sort of become a a sleeper hit. Like, it's racked up a ton of streams on Spotify. It is not the kind of bite-sized hook of With (laughs) My Hair. It's kind of this psychedelic, trippy, neo-funk sound. It's, It's uncategorizable. We should take a listen. Oh, I like it immediately. (laughs) <laughs> Give me those synths and guitars. Kind of this mid-tempo. Yeah, yeah. We're not whipping hair. Wait a minute. I think I left my conscience on your front doorstep. Oh, wait a minute. I think I left my consciousness in the sixth diamond. You know, I really like her voice. Yeah. It reminds me, it has, there's this sort of like throatiness that reminds me of a, a style that was very popular in the 90s. It's like a little Alanis Morissette vibe or a, something? Yeah, a, a little bit. And, yeah. and, and it, there, she has a, there's a variety of timbres that she yeah. uses. Like, Oh, yeah. She really modulates the way that she sings depending on the word, the phrase, the section of the song. It's, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's her own voice this time. You know, when we listen to Whip My Hair, it's like maybe she was channeling Rihanna Beyonce or something. Yeah, Beyonce. Be, yeah. Here it's like, whoa, this is Willow. This is, yeah. this sounds like no one else. It's kind of weird. Like you said, she plays a timbre and stretches out certain vowels and then whips them back. It's, I like it. It's really cool. It's very uh, unique. And of course, the lyrics are also like delving into this new territory. Yeah. You know, I left my consciousness in the sixth dimension. It's like, this is someone who is not just concerned with like the worldly <laughs> corporeal experience, yeah. Yeah. but this kind of intergalactic mind altered reality. That's cool. I also like that that the way that they produce her vocal is not perfectly auto-tuned in a way that again it has that aesthetic of like, hey, this is just me. I'm coming in here, laying down a vocal. This is the song. I don't even care. 
think I hear that too. It hasn't been sanded down to perfection. And I wonder if there's even a reference to whip my hair in here. I mean, we have a lyric that goes, run my hands through your hair. You want to run your fingers through mine, but my dread's too thick, and that's all right. Huh. So it's like this is maybe reclaiming some of her yeah, hair-related yeah, yeah. agency. I, I'm, I'm not sure. but No, for sure. It's like you want to have control over what I'm doing with my hair based on both the expectations of the song that I set up when I was young, but also the expectations around who who owns black women's hair, who gets mm. to touch it. And so she's 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 making – there's a there are, are multiple layers to co- her commentary in this one line. I, I think it's powerful. So from whip my hair to wait a minute and now transparent soul, what's in between is she started learning how to play the guitar. She okay. got one of these St. Vincent models of guitars, and it's specially made for the female form, as I yeah. understand. Yeah. Whereas conventional guitars are like molded to a male body, these guitars right. are, are shaped in a way that make it easier for women to play. Yeah, And when I listen to Transparent Soul, I hear both the kind of defiance of whip my hair. Mm -hmm. I hear the expansive consciousness of wait a minute. And I hear this emo punk guitar driven (laughs) sound that she's been working on. There's a continuity here. And she felt like this was a risk to put this song out. She said, I never felt like I could sing that kind of music because I was always trained to sing R&B and pop. I realized that it's not my voice that can't sing this kind of music. I was afraid to sing this kind of music because I wasn't sure what people would think. And then I come along and just fall right into that trap. Oh, yep. Oops. Oops. But listening to Willow has forced me to challenge my expectations. Mm -hmm. Expectations of what black women are supposed to sing and play. And she's not alone in this because she comes from a family, a Pinkett Smith clan, that has been challenging musical expectations. And I think if I'm going to do Willow credit, I think we need to address the whole Smith family corpus, which we'll do after the break. Shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside. You get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why Milk? 
Dairy Milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Willow's love of punk and emo and metal didn't come out of nowhere. It came from her mom, Jada Pinkett Smith, (laughs) who I learned was in a new metal band in the early 2000s. I had no idea. Called Wicked Wisdom. That's awesome. Made up entirely of people of color. Let's listen to their track, Bleed All Over Me. All right, I like it because it's heavy music. Yeah, it has an awesome hook, uh-huh. but it's not too poppy of a hook. Yeah, you know, it's just doing all those things just right. Yeah. I I agree. I, I mean, like this it. this does it for me. Wicked wisdom again. <laughs> I never imagined this existed. It's very surprising. And when they came out in the early two thousands, a lot of that kind of same bias and assumption that I brought to Willow's music. Mm-hmm people were bringing to this band. Mm. Again, a band made up entirely of people of color fronted by a black woman. I mean, there was one metal blog that said, I can't wait to see them get booed off the stage Mm -hmm. and hopefully burst into flames. They received death threats. There were protests when they were scheduled to perform at OzFest. People were like really pissed at the idea of this band existing. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not surprised. This is just age-old rockism, you know, gatekeeping. And I imagine without the, at that point, capacity to intermediate with fans directly over social media, it's like, where do you go? Mm. Right? So in a certain way, perhaps Willow pushing up against those boundaries with the capacity to reach out directly to fans without having to go through those rock gatekeepers and doing this kind of music. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say like, this is the forgotten new metal band. No, no, sure, sure, <laughs> the sure, early sure, millennium. Sure. But I imagine if they, this came on outside a music festival, I would be like headbanging and moshing and, and getting down. I would like to see that. Well, I won't be able to whip my hair quite as well as you, but <laughs> I could bring it. Now we've talked about Willa and Jada. Let's get to know the rest of the nuclear family. <laughs> we've got brother Jaden, who really speaks to me with his song, Icon because of the central sample. What you call an icon living? Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon cover five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. I really like that track. Me too. <laughs> and I think it's really hard to hear, but as someone who 
has written a dissertation <laughs> about 1920s and 30s Harlem jazz. Yeah. The first time I heard that song, I was like, I know exactly what that sample is. It's Cab Calloway, the Heidi Ho Man. Ah, yeah. It's cool what they do with it in Icon because, Mm -hmm. yes, they've taken up a couple of steps. It's chipmunk sold, sort of like old Kanye-style beat making. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then when the more contemporary beat drops, Uh there's still a hi-hat in there that is carrying a sort of swung jazz kind of groove. Mm. So I like how they take the old and bring it new, but you are paying respect. I'm going straight to the top of the cold. We should just chill and maybe take it slow. Before we get up there with nowhere to go. And we can chill and just look at the view. Woo! Damn. Load a yellow rose into a rifle. Ooh. Me and Harry about to go psycho. Psycho. Put a hundred thousand in the Bible. Bible. Damn. There's a continuity. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I mean, A, it's something I just never expected to hear on a Jaden Smith, you know, hip hop track. And when I think harder about it, I think there's something cool, whether intentional or not, of sort of establishing himself in this longer legacy of artists, like carving out their own voice and mm-hmm. and their own sound. And mm-hmm. that was Cab Calloway. He was the icon mm-hmm. of the 1930s oh. and 40s. Again, whether that's deliberate or not, it works for me. I'm I like the song. Into it. Which leaves us with one final member. The father. It's Big Willie himself. And we have to go to the final frontier of, you know, challenging your expectations sure. of the Smith family. <laughs> it's got to be getting jiggy with it. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance, pro, pro. I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit. Got to get jiggy with it. That's it. Wow, I have not heard this in a long time. I am kind of into it a little bit because it sounds like maybe it's like a chic sample underneath or something. Good ear, sir. Let's get to that in a second. Okay. But I want to know more about... Okay, let me speak for myself. Like, sure. I remember when the song came out, all I knew was that this was not cool. And if I <laughs> wanted to be cool, I couldn't say that I liked this song. Yeah. I had to make fun of it. Yes. The song later would make it to Pitchfork's top 10 worst songs of the 90s (laughs) list. And I just vividly remember making so many jokes about getting jiggy, Big Willie style, Willennium. It was just like, it was like a a punching bag. Sort of like, uh, it makes me think about what Drake does, where it's like, can you make a song that will be a meme before memes were a thing? Right. You know, it's like, if there could have been a gif with this song, it might have done even that much better. Well, this song... It was a hit. I know, it was a huge success. It didn't success. have to do well, but I'm, I'm saying it didn't... It had... There was a corniness associated yeah, with this right, song. Right, right. Celebrity from f- television, and he's known for particularly sampling great hooks from 70s tracks that were already mega hits. I, I wouldn't even say that. I think it's like compared to the other artists who were emerging at this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, Who yeah. had this, like, this hardness and this authenticity and this like street swagger. right. Like, this didn't resonate. I mean, Eminem even had a song that 
deliberately made fun of his other big hit of the time, which was just the two of us. Right. Like he was a he was just kind of a national joke. He was super popular, but right. he was also a joke. He didn't curse. You know, there right. was like this this cleanliness to it that right. wasn't cool. Yeah, it completely jives with the core aesthetic of hip hop at the time, which is about edginess, which is you have the ascendancy of West Coast rap that's going on. And so, uh, yeah, I, I understand why it just kind of misses the core thing. But can we redeem this song? You're going to try. Let's find the, <laughs> Let's listen to those samples. You were absolutely right. I mean, I, I feel like our, our show this year has become the Nile Rodgers show. <laughs> oh, he he is, has, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But here's another uh, Nile Rodgers sample. It's from his song written with Bernard Edwards for Sister Sledge, He's the Greatest Dancer. It's surprising that Daft Punk didn't sample this when they worked with him on Random Access Memories. I mean, the man from Chic himself, yeah. And if you want a 40-minute exegesis of that <laughs> guitar sound, go to listen to our episode with Corey Wong. Yeah. This isn't the only sample here. We've also got one from the Bar K's Sang and Dance. That chorus, na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Listen to the very beginning of this Bar K's track. All right, we got a family that likes the sample. I like these samples. And you know what? Here's the other thing is like, I think that it's totally cool to just make silly party music. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. And this is a silly party song. I agree. I'm, I'm fine with it. And it's like, one more thing I love about this track, DJ Jazzy Jeff's scratching. No way. It is virtuosic. And it's something yeah. I never paid attention to mm. before. whole new level it's, yeah it's yeah, like it's yeah. impossibly fast and dexterous yeah there's a lot to celebrate in this song i never thought i would say it but <laughs> you're I getting think, jiggy with it i think it's time to bring back getting jiggy with it <laughs> all right now i'm not saying that this pinkett smith family should be our new national role models but doing this dive through their catalog and especially like focusing on the music of of willow has taught me a lesson i think mm -hmm. or retaught me a lesson i should say which is Follow your ears, not your assumptions. I like where you've taken me. Mm -hmm. I, I like the approach to listening and sort of just allowing the music to speak for itself. In that case, I think it helps me understand the project a whole lot better mm. when I let go of a lot of those original assumptions. So I dig it. I'm not sure if I'm willing to get jiggy with it. <laughs> we'll see. But I'm into the transparency. You're going to whip your hair. I'm going to whip yeah. my hair. All right, good. This episode of Switched On Pop was produced by Nate Sloan, me, Charlie Harding, edited by Julie Myers, engineered by Ben Montoya, social media by Abby Barr, and illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a production of the Vox Media Podcast Network and Vulture. You can find more episodes of our show on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts, including our website, www.switchedonpop.com. And reach out to us on Twitter. What are your favorite jams from the Smith family that we miss? Tell us at Switched on Pop, at Twitter and Instagram. 
We'll be back again next Tuesday. You can find, of course, the show anywhere you get podcasts. And this time around, I'm challenging Nate to go into one of his great passions. If you don't know, Nate is okay at the Irish tin whistle. Mm. Eh, I don't know about the banjo, but his jazz piano is on fire. And we're going to dive into why that music matters, why it still matters when we're chatting with the fabulous Vijay Iyer. Check it out next Tuesday. Until then, thanks for listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.